0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk, and this is the Pat Kenny Show with Anton in for Pat. Joining me in studio is Anne Griffin, number one best-selling author. Her newest novel, The Island of Longing, is available now, and it has the kind of uh, positive uh, reviews, uh, both in in critical form and in the form of other authors that most fiction writers, I would think, would be very envious of. Good morning, Anne.
1: Good morning, Anton.
0: Do you allow yourself to read the reviews? No. you have heard that they are good though
1: I've heard they are good I mean you're always going to get somebody who's going to you know send you WhatsApp saying oh very good in the Irish Times or uh, you know uh, so luckily this time around, I've had none of them that have said, oh, did you see that one in the Irish Times?
0: <laughs> yeah, Or even worse, <laughs> the sympathy for an injury you haven't yeah, yet suffered. I was, exactly. oh, I hope you're doing OK. Yeah, over yeah, what? Oh, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> yes, I've got a few of those over, over the years. So no, I don't read the reviews. They absolutely petrify me. So I stay away.
0: Well, the book is the island of longing and you are taking on what has to be one of the most heart wrenching of subjects, which is the loss Potential loss, the disappearance mm. of a child. Why that topic?
1: Well, I think like everybody, I'm, I have just been uh, so taken up with, particularly the women who have gone missing in Ireland. Um, and also, you know, Philip Kearns, Trevor Dealey. <clears throat> and I think, sorry, Anton. <clears throat> I think what it is, is that... I was just so struck, particularly by, uh, say, Deirdre Jacob and Philip Kearns, that they were so close to home when they went missing. They were in a place of safety. And the very thought that a family, particularly a mother, I'm talking about a mother here in particular, has to deal with that trauma. Um, I wanted to explore that. How do you do that? And I spent quite a bit of time, I suppose, researching, looking at old archives, obviously reading a lot of stuff, but also watching the dignity and the resilience within families.
0: And that thing of resilience is interesting in the case of the mother in this instance, Mm. because the the pull between the desire to stay hopeful and the desire to almost honour the person by believing that they are still alive, Mm. while all around you are trying to coax you back to what they see as reality.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I was just listening to Annie McCarrick's mother, um, talk about how for many, many years she believed that Annie was still alive. And then she said eventually she, she gave it up. But in this story, yes, Rosie is, I mean, she literally declares war on the world in trying to find Sirsha and believe Sirsha is very, very much alive. Um, and I wanted to, I, you know, I felt that that's what I would do. I don't think there's any way I would not do that if my son, for example, went missing. And so I wanted to explore that and I wanted to explore the heartbreak for her of being the only person who is saying, no, I'm going to find her and she is alive. While everybody around her is kind of saying, is is trying to softly, softly say, you know, at this stage, really. Um, So what I've done here actually is, 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 is I've given Rosie a little bit of a break by bringing her home to the island of her birth um, in a fictional island um, called um, Roaring Bay and there she finds an unexpected solace and an unexpected rest I think um, and amongst old friends and new friends and it's you know I wanted to put hope and community into this story um, and I feel I hope it's there you know people feel In
0: the research that you did Mm. did you find that people struggle when they don't have closure is it more easy to deal with easy is the wrong phrase but yes. is it more possible to deal with a, a bereavement than it is with something that is undefinite or indefinite
1: i remember listening to trevor deely's brother um and he said this word closure you know, there is no closure. There'll never be closure. Even if we do, you know, even if we had a body, there is still no closure. It's still grief. And it's grief like everybody else would experience. Um, And I suppose in time there is acceptance, but I don't think there's ever fully closure. And that was a thing that I, I heard a lot, is that people expect that when you find the body, that that will be it that life can go on. And of course, life goes on because it's already going on for for people who have lost family uh, family members. Um, But there is still something... It's never fully closed off. It's never fully closed off because this is something so incredibly unusual. It happens to very few families in this world and it's something very, very hard. And I think just listening and watching Annie McCarrick's mother Recently, says it all, on the 30th anniversary of her disappearance.
0: You mentioned your own son. Do you find it emotionally difficult writing a topic like this?
1: You know, I borrowed from my son's life a lot um, in this, and it was the inspiration for me writing this, as well as wanting to have a look at the disappearance of so many people in Ireland, particularly in the 90s. Um, I... (sighs) Yes, I I used to. I I had a tradition with him that I'd say goodbye to him three times before he left the house. And my my final goodbye, and he wouldn't realise I had a tradition of three times. I'd say goodbye to him at the door, I'd say goodbye to him when he got to the end of the driveway, I'd wave. And then I would run up the stairs and I would watch him from my bedroom window. And I would watch the back of him as he walked up the road and the last glimpse I would get of him was his Navy school jumper through the windscreen of my my neighbour's car. And one day, and this was the start of this book, I said, what if I don't see that again? What if I don't see that Navy jumper again? And I thought, right, that is it. I want to write this story. So I have borrowed so much. But is from that a difficult
0: space to spend time in? I think of actors when, uh, like uh, yeah. uh, Daniel Day-Lewis saying, that the, the emotional toll effectively of getting into the character. was. I would imagine that it must be difficult if you have to dwell for weeks or months in mm. that kind of longing and loss.
1: I don't know, I think I do very well in that space. <laughs> and I don't mean that to sound flippant at all. That do, That isn't my intention. But but um, I guess I'm, I kind of, what I love is getting into the, the vulnerability who we are as human beings, what we suffer, our vulnerabilities. I also love the joy and and the humour of life as well. So don't get me wrong. I mean, this is not, there, there is lightness in this book. But I think it is what moves me in stories when I am reading books and I can see the absolute humanity of people, what we go through. And so, that's what i write that's what i read that's what i write
0: the other thing you do is you put in a huge amount of research because as i as i read some of the um detailing of the uh, you have a, a female boat skipper, who yes. is a, um, obviously central character within the uh, book, for those who haven't yet read it. Um, and I thought, I wonder if you're not an experienced <laughs> boat runner, how well you can. And then I discovered that you spent, you went and, and shadowed yeah, a female boat skipper.
1: That's right. So I have a, a, a long and lovely um, ex- um, life and, and experience with uh, Cape Clear Island. Which is a beautiful island of, the, of Cork. And there, there is a female skipper, a wonderful woman, Neve. And she, she spent two summers with me chatting to me uh, about what it was, what it is to be a female skipper in a very male dominated world. This
0: is, it is statistically unusual, though, not unheard very, of. Yeah.
1: Very. So, yes. I did a lot of research and it was great fun listening to her about her experiences among a lot of testosterone, as she'd say herself, and um, how she felt she had to, you know, she had to just be on top of her game all of the time. Um, And so it was a joy to speak with somebody, a woman who is just, you know, flying the flag uh, for women within uh, a male dominated industry.
0: The other thing you do in the book, which I think it's the first time that I've seen it, is at the end, you effectively give a bibliography of the source material that influenced you or gave you an insight into the area. Why?
1: Because I love to research, because it's important. I wanted to get a sense of other, uh, of island life. So I had lived on Cape Clear for four months, so I had a sense of it. But I wanted to get that sense of what it is to live in effect kind of cut off from the world kind of trying to have to work two jobs two or three jobs to make a living um,
0: Being in a very insular community very don't mean that insular majority.
1: community and how that works how how islanders deal with that um, there's a I found that living on Cape Clear Island, there is, you actually can have, you, you can have your own life. You aren't totally always in the community, in the heart of the community, but you can dip in and out as much as you want. And there is a beautiful sense of like family in a way there. You may hate each other one week and love each other the next week and realise I can't do without you. And that was something I really wanted to bring to this book.
0: Well, this book is "The Island of Longing." The author is Anne Griffin. I should say, as well as the the very positive reviews which you have not read, Anne. <laughs> it is an Eastern Book of the Month, as do well do as do all do. that. Thank you very much for coming Anton, in this morning. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance, weekdays at nine AM on News Talk.